Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Okay, today on the pod, oh my God, OMG, Josh Broom. Okay, Joshua Broom, he was, for years he went by the porn name Rocco Reed. He was America's number one male porn star. He even was given the very highly prestigious in the porn world AVN award. But a few years ago, he felt like he was just drowning in shame and sorrow. He hated it despite making over a million dollars in the industry. So Josh is here today. How did he go from porn star to pastor? You are going to, I'm obsessed with Josh. P.S. He's super hot. Now he is married and he has children. I always respect a marriage, you know? I mean, but I'm just saying he's like gorgeous. He looks like a backstreet boy that like never aged, you know? And there's so many great life nuggets in here. First of all, I ask him, like, does he think that people in porn are, can ever be happy? Because, P.S., everybody's doing it. He got fired. His agent dropped him when he started in porn. And now celebrities are, like, all over OnlyFans. How does he feel about that? And then, you know that story that you often hear where people are just discovered at a bar? Josh reveals his story of how he was discovered in the porn industry, literally while being a waiter. All that, let me know what you think of the interview. I have been like, like, I am obsessed, you know, I've wanted to have you on because I think it's so brave that you put your story out there. Um, I mean, I'm a little sex obsessed too. Like, and I love when people are like, (laughs) I like, I am, I I really am. And um, I'm kind of crazy. So Anyway, for people that don't know, Josh Broom is here today on the Sarah Fraser Show. You probably have seen his story. You caught my interest, I think, when the Post, when the New York Post ran a story about you. 
Yeah, it was like it was like a weird week. It was like the New York Post, Fox, and then I was on uh, Candace Owens all that same week. Like you did um, everyone's but, show. Yeah, it's it's been fun. It's funny because like I've been doing this for, um, so I've been doing this for about five years, like just like telling my story. But there was like a two year gap where I was on staff at a church, and um, it like. Just it, it, I just stopped telling it and then COVID happened. And well, I, I, I'll, I can answer that. Okay, I well, can tell well, you more about that. It's a pretty neat story, but anyway. Okay, Josh, this is a wild story. So, for people who are not familiar with you, you are very open about you used to be not only a porn star, but probably one of the top porn stars in the country. Like, you would won, yeah. you know, top porn star awards like the AVN Award. Um, yeah. And, about how many years ago did you you end up doing a 180 getting out of porn we'll talk about that and becoming a yeah. pastor yeah yeah so i was in the industry from like 2006 to like the very end of 2012 and then a few things came out in 2013 and then i, I finally like completely cut ties but a little over six years and then so like wow. you're saying it's like i got nominated for performer of the year um, 2010, 2011, 2012, and I won it in 2012. And ironically, that was the year I quit. Okay. So when you're, all right. So I would think when you're in that industry to get that award is like a huge deal, right? When Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like for me, it's like someone like, you know, like I, like I live to scratch off a sticky note. Like I'm a high achiever to, to the millionth degree. So like, Making a list, crossing it out, it just fires me up. But that's just who I am, like from my personality. So, yeah, like anything I'm going to do, if I'm eating chicken wings, if I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing, I want to be the best. I want to eat the most. You know, I want to do what no one else can do. So, in that industry, I wanted to win because that solidified that you were the best. So, yeah, I wanted to win that award for sure. I want, okay, because that was my question. I wondered if there was conflict because that was the year you quit. So I wondered if when you won that award, were you happy about that at the time? And, and you know, you used to go by Rocco Reed. That was, that was the porn name. And yeah. so were you happy or were you conflicted? Yeah, I mean, I, like for me, it's, it's so many times you see someone you know, from the outside looking in, it's like their life is amazing. They have all this and that. And for me, you know, I, I am very goals driven. So it's like once I clipped, you know, once I eclipsed the million dollar mark of earnings, like, you know, I would feel validated. You know, once I, you know, went to the Louvre on a private tour and like saw all the stuff that I was incredibly interested in. Cause like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a history buff. You know, I, I, I love museums. I love art. I love theater. I, you know, way, way back in the day, I was a theater major, but like, I love that stuff. So like, those are things that like, for me, once I did them, it would bring some sort of gratification, okay, some wait. sort of happiness that I was looking for. Did you get the private tour of the Louvre when you were a porn star was like the curator of the Louvre? Were they like huge fans of your work? They were like, Hey, come on over. You get a private tour. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, I, I paid for it, you know, like had to, had to oh, shell out for it, you know, um, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't like me by myself, but it was a few, a few other people that's like, you know, it wasn't like me by myself, but it's like, kind of like, you know, any, any amusement park or anything like that. It's like, here's the, you oh, know, you general can't. admission. Uh, if you got a few extra grand laying around, you know, we, we, we'll hold you by their hand and, and give you a little tour, but. Wow. It was just one of those things where I was like, I heard about it. You know, it was just like, 
you know, just like one of those things where it's like getting getting a table at certain places. It's like it it made you feel like you like I made it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and that was just one of those things for me. But yeah. I had read that you initially got into porn because you you'd moved out here to LA and you were you were an actor and I'm curious you know if your I guess your acting career had kind of stalled right and I I had read this story that you were like sitting at a restaurant or something and this group of women said to you oh you should get into porn and, and yeah so, so it's kind of kind of went like that but so <laughs> I was actually, yeah so I mean I had I had and I I was. I had a membership at the improv. Um, I, uh, I had an agent for man, for runway modeling and for print. And I was, I, I was working with an agency for, for acting as well. And things were going okay, but like not great, but they were going okay. Like I, I wasn't hurting financially or anything like that, but like many people, you know, I had to get a job to make ends meet because like work was pretty sporadic and I was going out you know, buying bottles when I didn't have, yeah, you know, I didn't yeah. have to really the money to do so. And, um, I got a job at Saddle Ranch. So I was working at Saddle Ranch Love it. and while I was working at Saddle Ranch, I approached a table of girls in those, and that, that is what happened. A, a table of girls were like, Hey, um, are you interested in acting? And I was like, absolutely. You know, you're going to introduce me to a casting director or, you know, maybe you're working on a project and you're going to make an introduction because, yeah, I grew up in the South. Like, I grew up in South Carolina and it was all about like relationships and who do you know? And sure. if you know this person, they're going to, you know, that's just life in general. It's like, you know, life is about connections and, and you know, relationships. But I thought this was going to be my segue into, you know, the next big thing. But it was actually an invitation into the thing I never even considered because they were like hey um would you be interested in doing porn and i was like what <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what oh that wasn't because, what i thought you were gonna ask but okay well, no because like i didn't even like consider that it was like like real in in a, in a sense where it's like the the best example i can give is like when our kids went to disney world for the first time like they only watched the cartoon yeah. So it's like you see this cartoon that you've seen on a screen and all of a sudden it's it's living, breathing, waving at you, wanting to give you a hug. And, you know, and they were freaked out. They wanted nothing to do with him. And that's kind of like my experience. It's like I've seen you on a screen. I've seen you in a magazine like you're you're an actual person inviting me into your world. It was it was like it was both bizarre and like incredibly intriguing. Oh my god. I mean, and were they in the business? Like how Yeah, they, they were all like big time like in the industry. Producers or booking agents or no, stars they were, themselves. They were, they were actors. Like, they were in porn yeah. and they were like you're yeah. hot and uh, Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think if I were in the industry, I'd be like, I want to have sex with you. I mean, you're a hot guy. <laughs> like, I'd be all about it. But okay. But you, so, so you take them up on this and you call them. Yeah. I mean, you know, every time you see any sort of like person initially getting into the porn business, like their first yeah. scene is always like, uh, you know, the most terrifying like thing. So on top of that, though, it, you have you always been straight or were you bi? Because the interesting thing is you did gay porn for a long time and then but you aren't gay right is that yeah i mean so i i didn't actually so i only did 30 i did 30 scenes at the very end of my career so i only did that for it was maybe five months but like the thing was it's like for me uh, i was in the industry for about six years and then i was to the point where i was struggling with depression i was thinking about self-harm 
Um, because when, when you live, when you live your life a certain way and you believe like, okay, you know, when I, when I said yes to being in the industry, my agents all fired me because all of a sudden I, like, obviously that's, that's, you know, breaching the contract. My likeness is, is everywhere in a very inappropriate way that they don't want to be, con you know, associated with. And then, you know, I live in a small, like I'm from a small town in South Carolina. My mom's calling me. She's like, I heard through the grapevine that you were doing this. Is this true? And it's like, you know, I'm having this this conversation with my mom and I was seeing someone that was like so, like somewhat like a high profile like dancer. Like she was in like, you know, music videos and stuff like that. And so it's just like boom, boom, boom. Everything that my was my normal was gone. And then everything that I worked for, because I started modeling and acting when I was like 14 or 15. Like that's like I wanted to be an actor. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah, I had more success modeling than acting. But. Like that's, that was my plan and I didn't really have a plan B just because that's just, I mean, to be honest, like I'd, I'd never really failed at anything. So it was just like, it's going to work out eventually. Yeah. And then that happens and just like my world blows up and it was like, okay, like I, you know, the, these girls invited me to, these girls invited me to meet their agent and their agent was like, man, you're, you're a good looking guy. You know, you have acting experience, like you can do this and that, like you'll be famous just because like the industry is shifting to like more like, you know, sh you know, showcasing the guy and like, you know, having these like, you know, big budget films with, you know, stories and we're parroting movies and stuff like that. And like for parroting movies, that's kind of like where I got like, you know, that's, that's why like I have so much notoriety, but it's like, it was like a counterfeit version of my, my actual dream. You know what I mean? So it, was, yeah. it just like kind of ate away at me. But because of the shame associated with like what I was doing to a certain degree, because like it, it was fun in the moment where I'm making a lot of money, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting all these girls, I'm traveling all over the place, I'm doing all this stuff, but like I, it was never me, you know, it was like, I was never, I was never like really like, even though I was, I had a script and I was, I was the lead in the movie. The, the, the movie was never about a movie. It was always about sex at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I was a prostitute and I was, and I was selling myself in that way. Mm. And that just ate away at me. And then, you know, it's like after doing a thousand scenes, like with like, most people think it's like, Oh, it's like, you want to, you know, it's two people who want to be there. It's like, I was, I was, you know, to, to be transparent. It's like, I was a young, young guy. So like you don't pair young guys with, with, people your age you would pair young guys with like much older women so like i most like most of the stuff that i i had done it was like you know what i mean like it's, it's just a lie like people are like oh this is awesome I'm like, no it's not awesome in any way because like it it was like a rare occurrence that i was working with someone who i would be like fondly attracted to so mm -hmm. it's like after you do that for so long it's like you know like doing live like scenes in front of like people it's like i didn't care i could like have sex with anyone anywhere in front of however many people so it just ate away at me to a point where i'm working 20 20 to 25 times a month for that long and then you know the from like from the jump like even like the very first thing i did i, I did a, a cover of playgirl a few times and like that like those people, like those photographers, they're associated with like the gay industry. So like 
the whole time my career, it's like name your price, name your price, name your price, name this, your price. Name your, your price. price. Now, wait, was name your price to do something gay? Like to to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah. the whole so yeah. you start out doing straight porn, but the whole time they're obviously they want you to do gay porn. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's like really in the background. It's like like that. That's probably like the biggest misconception in my story because like the reason that I was such a big deal in the gay industry is because I was the like a star in the straight industry for almost uh, a decade. And then you cross and then over. I just, like I did 30 scenes, which like compared to a thousand, like pretty insignificant. But, but like for me, it's like, people are like, Oh my gosh, like, did you do that? And like, you, I mean, it's a, it's a valid question. Like did that, did I ever have attraction to guys? Like, no, like I could have, you know, it, it was, it was work and it paid triple. I know the, the what, money's what so I was good. Doing. So, but then like, I mean, I was doing things that were like far beyond that, like, you know, like doing like escorting and like doing all, like really? doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, because I didn't care People because like would... I was a product. I was a product to be sold. So I didn't care what I was doing. Like it didn't matter. Like it had nothing to do with attraction or emotions. It's like either mm. I was taking like Levitra or Viagra or you know, when I was doing those scenes, I was using Caverjack to I mean, so Caverjack is something that paraplegic people use so that they can have sex with their spouse. So literally wow. injecting something into me that it's going to work no matter what I do. And it's, wow. and, and that's what like, that's that, that's the crazy thing about that, about the gay industry, because you have a bunch of guys who are identifying as straight and they're doing that and they're taking medication to do that because you could either, I mean, for the, some of the guys, it's like, if you're struggling in the straight industry, you're making like $300 a scene. But if you're willing to do gay porn, you're making like 2000. Wow. So it's like, it's significantly different. So, okay. I have a million questions for you. Um, I'll ask this one and then I'll ask you about what your thoughts are about OnlyFans. Okay. So, so when you first start out, you know, you're, you're curious about this. Obviously the money is really great. Right. But I'm sure as things go on to your point, you're just, you're just like, okay, I'm a commodity. So, so what happened? Did the industry make you depressed or do you feel like you were already depressed or like, what was the, cause I feel like we all have trauma, right? Like, and the older yeah. you get or like a situation you're in suddenly triggers like, oh shit, you know, like uh, something's not right. So yeah. Well, when was the moment where you were like, oh, fuck, like I'm doing this not authentically? Like, what? I mean, I mean, pretty much the whole time. I mean, really? it, but but it it was like, you know, almost like if you're trying to convince yourself, it's like this is not that big of a deal. But it was just a it was just a, a progression of things over time. Uh, I think when my mental health, my mental and emotional health started to get really bad was so in the industry, like girls are like, just come and go like, you know, and then, but guys, you know, you have like the same, like 20, 25 guys that are in the industry and you work for, you know, all, those guys are the ones that work because a director for the most part is footing the bill for everything. And, you know, so a guy is the only person that doesn't like, is not guaranteed their pay because the director is paying for a location He's paying, you know, permits to shoot. He's, you know, there's a full crew, there's lighting, catering, blah, 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 blah. And he's paying the female talent. So it's like, like everyone's getting paid. But if you don't do your job, there's no product. So you, you don't get paid. But everyone else did theirs. So everyone else is getting paid. You just cost them $10,000. So you're probably not going to ever work again. So it's like, 
So wow. that's why it's like once you get a chance in, like once you're in with a director, that director is going to use you over and over and over and over sure. again. So I paint that picture to say this. So for the most part, like if you're in the industry for a long time, like I was, you're dating someone who's in the industry as well. And then you have this, you know, this you're in a monogamous relationship, even though both of you are having sex with other people for a living. And then the problem comes in when you ha actually try to live your life and you're sitting at mm -hmm. dinner and like I'm with someone I'm dating and I'm with my friend who's with someone he's dating and I worked with her three days ago and he worked with, you know, the person I'm dating yesterday and we're trying to pretend like it's not a big deal. And then when it got worse for me, it was the person I was dating was actually like, you know, it, it, it excited her. So she wanted to talk about it. And I grew up like my mom had me when she was 16. And like, I remember like throwing things at guys, like trying to hit on my mom, you know, like my mom's gorgeous you know, and, and I was, you know, and she, like, she's still like pretty young. You I know? was going to say, she's so, probably super young and beautiful yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and so like I was a jealous kid and then I was jealous. I was a jealous boyfriend. So like now I'm trying to convince myself I'm okay with this. And I think so little of myself that I don't set boundaries because what are boundaries in my life? And I just allow that to happen. And then the, that conversation, it was like it was the catalyst that like really took me down a dark path. And I believe, though, it's like if I continued my success, it would be better. It would be OK when I won that award and it didn't validate mm, me. Yeah. Like that was when I really fell apart, then I was like, I just don't care anymore. But I honestly believe there was nothing else I can do because like what am I going to put on my resume? I've got a thousand films in the air. There's, there's no way that anyone's going to marry me. There's no way it's anyone's going to like. I'm never going to be a father. I'm never going to contribute to like an organization. I don't have any gifts or talents. Like I'm useless. I'm a prostitute. What good am I? Wow. And it's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I hate my life. And then I was like, well, if, if this, you know, if, through doing gay scenes, it's like, if this is going to allow me to work two or three times a month and make the same amount of money instead of 25 or 30, who cares? Because I hate my life anyway. Wow. And then I didn't. And, and I was like, okay, like, Maybe this will be better on my mental health, but you know, you, you get someone doing something that like they really don't want to do. And then I just like, it, it was, it was just sad. It was like, I was there doing something that I desperately didn't want to do, but I was doing it anyway, because I didn't mm. believe that there was anything else I could do. Josh, do you look at, I mean, what's your take? There's almost this like full circle moment and then irony and maybe even sadness for you. I mean, now you see celebrities, right? I mean, they're kind of, they're all different levels, right? But I mean, you see Bella Thorne, you see Aaron Carter. I mean, these people are now on OnlyFans, probably yeah. still with agents. Yeah. It's almost like Hollywood has embraced, you know, oh, like I mean, only, I mean, does, is that kind of weird for you? I mean, well, well here's the thing. So, the, like the way that most people found out that I was in the industry is like I would do late night television. So like Skinamax. Oh, so sure. Like Show, Showtime Cinemax. Like I was in all those movies. So that that wasn't actually real sex or anything like that. It wasn't porn, but it was as close as you could get. Sure. But it was like on like late night TV and no one would see it unless they were watching late night TV. And now there's really no such thing as that because like everything is so like super sexualized to the point where there's really no boundaries, you know? So it is very strange to your point to see like, 
you know, people can do and say whatever they want and it doesn't invalidate them. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, that's that's just who they are. You know, that's just, you know, them being them, you know. OK, well, you've actually been in the business. Do you think anybody actually enjoys being a porn star? Do you think anyone authentically is really in it and they go, you know, what? I don't mind. I'll fuck anybody like I don't care. I, I love my job. Or do you think everybody in the business there's like some sort of thing they're searching for or, you know, they're dealing with some trauma. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like everybody likes to be affirmed and everyone likes to be celebrated and you can tell yourself the lie that you love what you're doing because of the byproduct of what you're doing creates because it creates this buzz around you. You know, you have, you know, these, you know, followers, blue check marks, you know, opportunities, constant praise, like obviously like opposition as well. But um, to your point, um, to be honest, I can't I can't see anyone, you know, in in their heart of hearts, laying their head down on the pillow and saying, man, I'm proud of what I'm doing. And what I would challenge even furthermore, it's like if you can make the same amount of money doing something else that you have a passion for, like, would you do that? And I believe 100 percent of people would say yes. But what stops people from doing that is they believe the lie because of what they did that defines what they have to do next. And that was me. Like, that's why I stayed in the industry, because I believed with all of my heart that my life was over. And there was like the only thing that I saw, like in the future, was me getting too old to be in movies and just directing them like that. That was the only like everyone in that industry. It's like, well, like, of course, they're doing OnlyFans or they're of course they're doing that because you believe with absolute certainty that there is not another option. So would you ever be in situations where you'd go somewhere and like, I don't know, you met somebody and you were like, oh, this was this was like a great conversation or you went and hung out with your mom and you hung out with their friends or something. And then the next time you see them, it's clear that they've like Googled you or they found out who you were and they wanted like nothing to do with you. I, I mean, because yeah. it's, it's crazy. I get that sometimes. Not so much anymore because the, the crazy part is, is like, all right, quick pause to thank some of our sponsors. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser show sent you. Hero breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. 
Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. P.S. Thanks to you guys, I get amazing sponsors. You all know this is my full-time gig, so I love when you frequent my sponsors because every time you do, it supports me and every person on this show that helps behind the scenes and on camera. Uh, Calm app is something that you need to download because if you've gotten into meditation like I have, I love to meditate and I love Calm's meditations. There's all kinds. There's even meditations you can do with your children. Now, KJ's like a little too young for all that action. But I love doing them while I'm like rocking him sometimes. Even if I'm out walking, yes, they have walking meditations. Now, trying something new can oftentimes be intimidating. Meditation might be something that you've been hearing about, but it's like, how do you get started? Also, some people meditate for like 25 minutes. No. Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment that you start. Find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or your bed, and then tune into Calm. And you can literally pick 
the duration. Maybe start with five minutes, even one minute meditations. I'm partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools to improve the way you feel. If you go to calm.com slash TSFS, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every single week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm. You know, you're in good company. Right now for the Sarah Fraser Show listeners, Calm is offering that exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Go to calm.com slash TSFS. Go to calm.com slash TSFS for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash TSFS. All right, hook me up with some hot sex toys. Look, Dame just sent me all of their like top vibrator products, their aloe lube. Yeah, I'm here for some aloe lube because it's all natural yes please if you haven't heard of dame products they're amazing go to their website i love their sex toys they have a fin finger vibrator designed to be an extension of your hand during both partner and solo play okay sounds good aloe lube which is aloe based lubricant formulated to the vagina's ph thank you i don't need to be putting anything in my hoo-ha that isn't like in you know conjunction and calm with my ph well their aloe lube is and it can be used for bodies and on toys they have sex oils they have other awesome toys they're known for their ava which is the first and most iconic product. It is a hands-free couples vibrator. Oh my God, get going today. Look, Sarah Fraser Show listeners are getting 15% off your order at dameproducts.com. Don't wait, y'all. Go and order today. Just go to dameproducts.com. Use the code TSFS. Type that in 15% off. Boom, right there. Dameproducts.com. Don't forget to use my code TSFS to get 15% off your offer. HelloFresh. I love me some HelloFresh. They've been a long time. Well, they're new to the show, but also like longtime sponsor. HelloFresh has some of the best meal kits out there. They're actually America's number one meal kit. That's not just from me. That's from Americans. What I love about HelloFresh is you can pick not only the type of genre of food you like, you know, Schman's vegetarian. Sometimes we mix it up. They have vegan options, keto options. Keto, if you're like full meat, you know, no carbs, they got you, okay? They got Mediterranean, everything you want. Pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options. Skip weeks when you are on vacation or you just don't want to. Maybe you're saving money. Change your delivery date or update your preference all at the HelloFresh app. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie and carb-conscious options. How does HelloFresh save you time? Well, my friends, their recipes are often 30 minutes or less. They're easy and fast, so you can do other things like going and getting a cocktail with your favorite girlfriend, hanging out with your significant other, or in my case, I love spending extra time with KJ. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TSFS16 and use code TSFS16 for up to 16 free meals. What do you have to lose? You might as well sign up for HelloFresh and try it and three free gifts. Um, If you don't like it, of course, you can stop at any time. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TSFS16 and use code TSFS16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Find out why they're America's number one meal kit. I don't know. I just feel like the more we go along in life, it truly is like anything goes. But um, but even like when I started my podcast, like I was really racy. Like I would just, I don't know. I would have like everybody on, anyone under the sun. Yeah. And people would turn in and they'd be like, they'd tune in and they'd be like, oh my God, this is so like, it's not safe for work. This is so X-rated. I, I would never yeah. listen to your show. But I got to imagine for you, it was even like, 
more. Like, tell me a story about when that happened and how that felt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but it used to be, you know, a, a pretty common occurrence. You know, it's like, oh, man, you're awesome. You're especially like when, you know, because I started personal training and then I started, you know, I was managing a gym and then we eventually opened a gym. And then, you know, I get to a point where like I'm not like. I'm not offering that information unless it's necessary, you know? So sure. it's like, like all like this and that, or it's like, I would advertise, you know, you know, like Facebook marketing, like was, was, you know, becoming popular when I opened my first gym and, um, I opened the gym. It's like, we're celebrating. It's like opening the day, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, like, I open the Facebook and it's like someone had just blasted it with images so it's just like for me, like it, it's it's more it's it's less like actual interactions, but very like passive aggressive stuff. I mean, yeah. there's there's been jobs that I interviewed for or like talks that I was going to give. And then and then someone said like, oh, you know, like, we can't have that guy do that. And what and it, it, it really I mean, it still happens and it sucks, you know, like, yeah, it does. Because that, people are so hypocritical. It's like, fuck off. You've watched it, you know, maybe not your stuff. But, you know, I mean, we're surrounded by porn and images. Yeah, I mean, it's I've, like, literally said, I've, literally, I've literally said that to someone because someone yeah. said to me, like, what would you do if someone like at the church you were preaching at said that they know you? I was like, well, I would talk to them about their addiction to watching pornography and ask them if, if they wanted yeah. to you know, walk through with that, because I've dealt with my stuff. You know, like I'm good. Um, but if, if you want to judge me based on that, that's OK with me, because like at the end of the day, it's like we can either choose to allow our past to own us or we can own it. And that's what I choose to do. I, I choose to to share my story because it it it, it gives it, it takes away the power of the antagonistic person that, you know, says, oh, well, you used to do this. And I'm like, yeah, like there's there's 500 interviews and podcasts about me talking about it like yeah I, I, surprise well, surprise you I, know? <laughs> I mean that's one of the beautiful things now obviously you're a pastor and we'll talk about that but I mean what I think is so brave about you and what is so genius is you've just owned your story I mean you know you haven't yeah. let anyone tell it you've said you know I'm going to tell it myself here's everything yes this is this is me and if I can change you can change yeah. Um, no, I read too, and maybe I'm getting this wrong. So, you know, you're, you obviously hit this point, you know, you've won the, the AVN award and then, you know, you're realizing this is all crashing down. No, were you suicidal at one point or were you just super yeah. depressed? Okay. You were, so you were considering taking yeah. your life or did you like, attempt? So especially like when I started doing the gay films, it, it was every single time I would literally like try to make a plan of like how I was going to do it. <sighs> um, and, and like, I never thank God, like I never had the guts to actually carry it, oh, carry God. it out. Yeah. So, at, but at the end it was like, I was so certain that I was going to do it or I had to leave. And for me, it was like either run or die. And I, I ran home to my mom. Oh, what did, um, what was that first year of life? Like when you just made the decision, like I'm out of the business, did you get therapy? Did you just talk to your mom? Like how, how did no, it, like, I, what were the first, no. what were the steps? Ironically, I had a Celtic cross on my shoulder and I got that covered up. The, the irony in that is deep, but I got, I had a, I had a Celtic cross on my shoulder because I love some Justin Timberlake. So it had nothing to do with, <laughs> like, that's just why. Just in honor of JT. It was yeah. just. Yeah, well, he had one. So he had one, so I wanted to get one. I'm oh like, my God. you know, 
Andy was like, I, I played basketball in high school and college and just growing up. So it was just like, it was just, it was just a trendy thing to do. And that's what I did. Um, but I, I got that covered up. I deleted my social media and I, I, I thought I could just cover it up and pretend like it never happened. But, you know, 24 hours into it, it's like, oh, you're that guy. You're that guy. You're that guy. Because mm. in 2013 and 14, still from the outside looking in, it's like, you're one of the most famous porn stars in the world. Yeah. you. Like, you, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And it was like it, everywhere I went, it was just nonstop. And it, and it just it was terrible because to be honest, like making the money and having the like constant affirmation, it covered you know, my feelings in such a way where I could just live a normal life, like, on, you know, on, on, you know, outside of my home, you know, but now it's like there, there's no one praising me. It's like, I'm just hiding, hoping no one finds out looking over my, over my shoulder constantly. Like, like I would constantly have the same dream over and over again. I would be doing like an arbitrary task. And then all of a sudden I would be naked and everyone's like, you know, it, and it was like, I'm back on, I'm back in the studio for the first time where like, it was, it was such a weird experience. Cause like the very first scene I did, I walk in someone, like I thought I was going to be held like a handheld camera and like go in a room with a girl or something like that. Like I walk in, there's a, there's a production, you know, assistant like coming out to me. It's like, here's this paperwork. I want you to fill this out you know, this is how you get paid. And then I walk in and then there's like catering and there's like, you know, all this stuff. And there's like a stadium of lights. There's camera A, camera B, someone like walking <laughs> this around. This is like an HBO me. set. Okay. Yeah, we're like, like, we're doing like, this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I, I, I've, I've been on set with HBO and it was like, it was that big <laughs> or like some of those were even bigger, you know? And wow. then all of a sudden, like I'm doing that scene, but it's like, you know, it, it, it was like, it was humiliating to a degree that like, I can't even describe because like, yes, there's two people having sex, but the reality is there's camera, 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 a director telling you what to do. There's, you know, there, there's, there's someone with a C light, like, you know, trying, trying, trying to get the shot. There's a boom mic, like, you know, inches from your head. And there's, you know, uh, an assistant over there, like in the, in the corner eating Doritos, looking at you, you know, and, <laughs> It's like, it's this is like, real. Fuck. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's, it's the, it's like, you could not be more exposed. And like that, that is what was the catalyst for like my depression because yeah. it was like, once you're exposed to that degree, all you want to do is hide. Oh, you know? totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and you, you can't get away, you know, for some degree. Yeah, so like, you know, to, to answer your question, like it sucked. And, and then it really sucked when I went from making like, 360k to like 40k and then taxes hit because i didn't i didn't pay quarterly or anything like that so like the oh, next year happened and then taxes happened and like i was people are like oh you like you must have all this money saved up this and that. i was like i was an idiot like i didn't have a 401k i wasn't saving my money like i was making so much that like you know the byproduct of that was like i had money but like I wasn't saving it. So it's like when taxes hit, like they hit hard. And I remember I had a I had a Breitling by Bentley like watch that I loved that I had to sell because like and that and that was pretty much it. Like, you know, taxes in in that year, wow. between taxes that year and like me breaking contract because like 
I was in the middle of a contract. So I, I broke that contract and I was getting paid according to that contract. So wow. there had to be reimbursement. But yeah, I mean, I, I went from my life changed dramatically in 12 months. How did you meet your wife? Yeah. So um, about a year and a half later, she's stunning. She's beautiful, yeah, she's too. You guys have three kids. I mean, yeah. I give your wife so much credit because she obviously, you know, saw past all that and just, yeah. you know, I mean, loves that, you that for was, who you are. I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, that was like, that was the thing that changed the trajectory of my life is where I I hid and I run and and I and I, I lied. I lied to everyone I met about like what I did until I would get find out, you know, I'm mm. like until I get found, until I got found out, I didn't, I like, I would, I didn't want to like surrender that information. I wasn't forthcoming about it. So I wouldn't tell anyone and then I would get found out. So I would try to date girls and I would get found out and, you know, they'd be irate. And then, you know, or like even like working in places, it was like, why didn't you tell me about this? I'm like, why would I? Why would I tell you that? Like yeah. you wouldn't have hired me or you wouldn't want to be my friend or you you wouldn't have wanted to date me. And then we we meet and um, I ask her out and she actually says no, which was exciting to me. <laughs> I was like. Okay, um, I'm I'm even more intrigued, and um, she she agreed to go on a run, and we met for a run, and I just felt like super guilty. I just felt like, man, I can't mm. continue hurting people, and I just want to like, I just want to tell you like what I've done, and just like get it off my chest because I'm so tired of looking over my shoulder, but just waiting on everything to unravel. Mm. I'm just like. Every, I'm just waiting to be rejected. I'm waiting to be fired. I'm just like, that's, that's how I was living my life. Was, I'm just waiting for the next thing to explode in my face. And then I tell her and like, she, I mean, it initially she was just like, I, I did not expect that, you know? And then she's like, you know, I, I, I don't believe that the worst thing that anyone's ever done should define them. And I don't think that, the best thing you'll ever do should define you. I believe that God defines who you are. And she asked me, it's like, well, do you believe in God? And I was like, yeah, because I, I did. Like, I, I believe that God was real. Yeah. So I believe that I believe that God was real and he created everything. But that's where it stopped for me. And then she asked me a deeper question. She was like, well, what's your relationship with Jesus like? Like, do you pray? Like, are you like plugged in community? Like, are you like walking out this journey? And I was like. You know, she was saying things I'd never heard, you know, it, yeah. or, or if or if I've heard them, it had been, you know, 20 years, you know. So I was just like, I don't I don't know the answer to your questions. And then she shares with me that, you know, she's been a Christian since she was in high school. You know, I, I she didn't live a perfect life, but, you know, she she's continued walking with Jesus. And, you know, that's, that's an important aspect of her life. And that's why she's able to, you know, respond in that way to me. And all of a sudden we're talking about, you know tacos and you know what kind of movies we like we're just having a normal conversation and i was so certain that i was going to be rejected i was flabbergasted when she didn't reject me and it actually broke down some boundaries that i had because i was so certain that i was going to have to lie about who i was for the rest of my life but in that moment what was terrifying is i realized i had no idea who i was like to be like to yeah. you know Kind of like, you know, to soften the moment. But like, I was like, I was a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, like yeah. Tropic Thunder style. But but that's who I was. Like, I was, I was to the point in my life for about a year where 
I had disassociated, I disassociated myself from my friends, my family, anyone that I, that knew me, and people were only calling me my stage name, the gym that I went, the, the where I got a haircut, because I allowed it, and I didn't have any like authentic relationships with people, wow. because the reality is, if you have an authentic relationship with someone, the probability of you being able to look someone in the eye that truly respects you and knows you, and do that, it's going to be difficult because my mom. She never wavered. I love you, but you're better than that. And you have so much more potential. You have so much more to give and you're wasting your life. Like never stop loving me, but never stop kicking, like, you know, offering me a kick in the butt, you know? And that's what we all need. We all need encouragement and like real accountability. And like, that is where life change comes from. I mean, that like with literally any goal, anything you want to achieve, it's like you need something or someone that's going to cultivate obedience and discipline. So your wife started you back connecting with God and having a relationship. Yeah. How did you? Yeah, become- I, I realized I really never been connected because like the sure. for, for, for me, it was like I believe that I believe that God existed. And then she said, well, no, like I'm in a relationship with God through the person of Jesus. And I was like. You're, you're speaking. What? A different yeah. Language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you become like, a pastor? How did you become? Yeah. I mean, for, so we go to church the next week. I give, I give, I, you know, I, I hear a message. I give my life to Jesus and, you know, I surrender the guilt and shame that I carried for so long, but not just from porn, just from feeling like I wasn't good enough. And, and, and some of that, it was, it was a byproduct of two things. So I grew up in a very small town mm. and my dad was was never my father so he, he he lived in the same town my mom had me when she was 16 okay and he just chose like not not to play a role in my life so like, you knew never, who he was but he would yeah, never like, interact. literally like lived in a, a, sure. a town small enough where there was one grocery store and i would see this person who was my dad but he was never in my life and someone who has a high achiever personality if, if, if that's directed in the wrong direction, you're going to believe I need to achieve my value. I need to validate myself through scholastics, through, you yes. know, sports, sports through yes, everything, the girl that no one else can to getting the most girls like that. And that's the way that I live my life. You know, that's the way I live my whole life. So in, in this moment, I surrender that part of myself. It's like, man, I've been trying to earn this thing that I could never really earn on my own. Sure. Jesus did for me what I could never do. And that transformed my life. And then, you know, for me, it's like, I'm just a kind of guy where it's like, what, again, whatever I'm doing, if I'm in, I'm all in, you know, sure. I'm all in. So about a week later, I go to, you know, it was, it was a pretty big church in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was like, hey, um, is there someone I could talk to? They're like, yeah, I was like, I, and then we, I get into this pastor's office and I'm like, I think God wants me to build a boat and they're like you're nuts but let's hear it <laughs> let's hear it and i i said well i think god wants me to do something bigger than i can comprehend but my grandfather did teach me this if you want to do something if you want to accomplish something in life you need to learn how to do it really well and you need to find someone who mm. is doing what you want to do and ask a lot of questions so I was like, I'm here to ask a lot of questions because I want to tell my story, but I want to do it through the lens of the person of Jesus. So there was, he's like, yeah, there's this guy, Andrew, that just moved here from Dallas. 
and he's helping us start another campus and maybe he's got some time to, you know, just sit down and talk with you. And that one conversation led to him mentoring me for about 15 to 20 hours a week for four years. And then through, through that process, I ended up going back to school, got a degree in, in uh, Christian ministries with a focus on uh, biblical theology, pursuing wow. my master's in theology. And along the way, I met this guy, um, his name's Steve Noble, and he has this uh, talk show called Call to Action. And he's like, hey, would you want to share my story? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And, it, and it, no big deal. It's just like me and you just sitting here. But I was just in person, you know, just sharing my story. And then a few, um, maybe a, like a month or two later, he said, hey, would you like to share your story at this event? I was like, sure, um, no big deal. And I thought that it was going to be pretty chill. But no, it was it was his event where he, you know, all of the donors that made his show happen showed up. So it was this <laughs> massive event at this huge church, like well over a thousand people. And I was just like, okay. And for me, like, if you give me, if you give me like information to regurgitate, I can do it all day, you know, like theater guy, or it's like, for me, it's like history, all that stuff. So easy. Like read it, regurgitate it. Don't ask me tomorrow, but you know, read it, regurgitate it. No problem. Sure. And, and then I, so I write out this, essentially a script, you know, I, I, I write out this script where I'm going to be dynamic. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make people cry. I'm going to be able to laugh. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to make this production. And I was so pleased with it. And I get up there and it's like, okay, you got 17 minutes and I get up there and I'm so nervous. And I was like, I got to do a good job. I got a good, I got to do a good job. And as I stepped up to the mic, like when I literally stepped to the mic, that was, that was the first time I, I like, I, I personally never heard audibly the voice of God, but this is the first time, like, I felt like God, like speak to me wow. and, and he just said, I love you. Mm. And, and what I felt in that moment was like, I don't need to put on a performance. I don't need to earn anything. I don't have to prove anything. So I started reading and it's like, just kind of ditched it. And just like, I told my story for about three and a half minutes. And then I, you know, I, I'd been studying, you know, with Andrew for about a year and a half at this point. And, and I shared the gospel and I, I very poorly tried to preach a message, but like, after I was done doing it, it's like, man, I don't want to do anything else. There's wow. nothing else to do than, than to share this message and, and that, and that's what I decided to do. And, you know, just and kind of like link everything together. Like the person that, you know, that the person that invited me on that walk and invited me to church, you know, we've been married for six years. We have three kids and you know, devoted our life to telling this story. And yeah. uh, I travel and, 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 you know, it's like, I, I do preach locally at a church, but like, I don't like work there. Yep. I travel, I travel to different places, um, speaking and, and, you know, so, sometimes they're telling my story. Sometimes I'm, you know, t talking about, you know, sexual like, exploitation or sex sure. trafficking or porn or um, sometimes I'm preaching. But I, I love to run my mouth and anyone that'll listen. <laughs> Wait, have you written a book yet or is the book coming? So I, I've, I've got a literary agent. It's, yeah. it's We're to the point where we're going to start pushing out proposals. And we've, we've already like spoke to a few people. We're just trying to. It's funny because I wrote my story. I was like, I gotta tell my story. And then and God's like, no, 
I don't want you to tell your story. I want you to tell the story of the lessons that you've learned along the way. So it, it changed from mm-hmm. the story of my life to essentially like things like, you know, being a fatherless man, like how did I learn to be a husband? How did I learn to be a father? And for me, all those things were based in biblical truth because I had to eradicate the lies that I believed about myself, about God, about how I'm to live my life and had to replace them with different truths. Because to be completely honest, like I could talk a good game. And as long as you didn't ask me any real questions, I could talk to you all day. But 10 years ago, when I came out of the industry, if you asked me a question about me, if we were sitting in a room and there were in like, there, there was nothing for me to bounce off of. If you just asked me a question about me, I was socially awkward. I had no clue what to say. And I was, because I wasn't like, I had no idea who I was. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, God, yeah. You'd lost yourself and all that. Josh. no, you're, yeah, you're, ahead, no you're so amazing. I appreciate you. You know, we, we've chatted longer than I even thought we would. Um, I, I just want people to be able to find you, to find out more, to follow you. I mean, you're doing tons of media. Um, you obviously speak, you preach, I, you know, you're accessible. And I feel like people that are going through moments of real shame, no matter what's happened in your past, yeah. I mean, you are yeah. a light, you know, you are. Yeah. And look, I mean, I think you're an amazing pastor because I did think it was strange when my husband and I went to our Catholic marriage classes and the priest was giving us, you know, advice and he's never been married. I mean, you've been through some yeah. shit, you know, I like to yeah. take some advice yeah. from someone who's been through some right. shit. Where where do, yeah. where do people find you and follow you? Yeah, so all, all my social media is I am Joshua Broom. And then regarding booking and all that stuff, so joshuabroom.me or joshuabroom.me. Um, that's my website, and that's where you can fill out that contact form if you want me to come uh, speak or preach or, or whatever it might be. And that's the best way to find me. Josh, you were awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show and telling your oh, story. I'm so glad we finally Loved made it happen. It. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you.